You are you now, are now listening, listening to, to The War the Report, Report. Wednesday, Wednesday Night, night War, War Room. Room. With your host, C-Do. It's your boy C. The Walker. I got my boys with me. Mike, Mike. G. G. Get your weight up. Strength and conditioning. Development. Ice Jones. Jones. Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the tape. And be real. Which is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me. Are you ready? Because we are now locked and loaded for the Wednesday Night War Room. Let's go! It's a busy week, even though it's been kind of slow since our last live. Um, not much news. A little bit of news, actually. Uh, we'll we'll start off by discussing three Auburn Tigers receiving some postseason uh, accolades. Mm. Bruce Pearl, Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler, both are, all three of them got recognized by the SEC. Of course, Bruce Pearl earned SEC Coach of the Year. This is actually his third SEC Coach of the Year award. He won two prior with Tennessee. He becomes the first Auburn coach since Cliff Ellis in 1999 to win the award. Walker Kessler earned Defensive Player of the Year. He averaged four and a half blocks per game and also recorded uh, the second and third triple doubles in post and program history. He's also a finalist for the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award. Uh, so he's also grabbing national uh, recognition as well. Jabari Smith earned SEC Freshman of the Year, fifth leading scorer in the SEC, averaging 17 points a game, is the top-scoring freshman, averaged 43.6% from three-point range during the regular season. So congrats to those guys. Uh, here's a graphic showing these, these individuals, impressive hey. showing by these guys. So... Congrats to them. Also, I believe Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith are first team All-SEC as well. So to go along with that, they are first team All-SEC. An amazing year, an amazing season for these individuals. Want to throw it to Mike G. Your thoughts on these accolades for, for Bruce Pearl, Jabari Smith, and Walker Kessler. Uh, awards mean you have your program trending the right direction. So I want everybody to keep to put this in perspective. Uh, when Bruce Pearl arrived at Auburn eight years ago, this is his eighth season, uh, we were not in danger of winning anything. Not winning the SEC, certainly not winning postseason accolades. So uh, to be sitting here today talking about our coach being the best coach in the conference, having the best player, in the conference, possibly a number one overall lottery pick. And having the best defensive player in the conference, whew, Auburn has got it going the right direction. Um, uh, I said check us out on podcasts. We're going to be dropping a podcast uh, here this week talking about new bloods versus blue bloods and you know what it takes, what qualifies you know a program as a new blood. This is this is part of it. Having coaches get recognized, you know, consistently and having good players and one and dones, this is what, you know, produces new bloods. I think to be a blue blood, it's like, you know, you have to have done it over a period of time. You also have to have a championship to be a blue blood. So, uh, sorry, Gonzaga, you're not blue blood. But um, the, uh, I just think this is what, this is what, 
this is your sign that we're trending the right direction and we just gave a dude $50 million to keep being coach. So the fact that after that decision, he gets recognized as the best coach in the conference, I think validates a lot of the decision to give him that kind of money and to uh, lock your program in the direction that it's headed right now. I, your thoughts on Bruce Pearl? I mean, Coach Pearl is uh, deserving of every accolade that he gets for how he's helped to put this program into the position to be a perennial great team, right? Like it's people can have flash in the pan seasons where they, you know, they have a good year and then they fall off. But to do it year after year, especially with not having traditionally up until very recently gotten all of the, you know, uh, blue chip players, the guys that everyone covets, um, to be able to put a program in a position to build it, as he says, off the backs of, you know, three and four stars, two and three star guys, um, is something to be said about that. A, a team that consistently can go to its bench and be able to find productivity and not have to rely on, you know, the likes of a Jabari Smith to have 30 point games in order for them to be successful. Um, Coach Bruce Pearl has placed Auburn in a position to be that team, to be a team that, you know, if you look at last year, or just, just look at productivity from last season. Anybody telling me that you lose your highly touted freshman point guard, you lose your highly touted small forward slash power forward from that team, you lose the shooting guard who, you know, was out for a lot of, large portion of the season, transfers out of the program. And you don't know where you're going to replace that productivity with at the end of the season. And then you fast forward, starting the season off, ranked to likely finish fifth. And that team, you know, pretty much mops the floor with everybody in front of them, you know, um, four, four losses on the season. If you tell me that that's not the coach of the year, I would kindly ask you what brand of cocaine that you smoke and keep that as far away from any of your loved ones as possible, because that is not a healthy thing for you. Are there brands of cocaine? You got to be smoking crap. You got <laughs> <laughs> to be smoking dope. Uh, okay, okay. All right. Um, because it just doesn't make sense. Right. Totally because hurt. he, the brand. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, his designer, you know, is you know, uh, blue magic. It's the streets. The streets talk. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, it is definitely just not, you know, you, you can't tell me he didn't deserve it. You can't name a coach in the SEC that has done better with, again, we're taking the entire body from the end of last season, losing the talent, and getting to a place where the expectation was middle of the pack finish to winning it outright in the regular season. At one point in the season for multiple weeks, number one in the country. Yeah, that's the coach of the year. Hands down. Who 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 else deserves that? Nobody. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it would have been the ultimate slap in the face to Bruce Pearl if he didn't win it this year. He deserves it all. Um, I kind of felt like it's been long overdue because I felt like he's actually earned it in previous seasons. For sure. Um, the, did he I mean, not win season, it in 2019? No. No, he didn't. It did not win it already. <laughs> I mean, listen. They He's give the award out. They okay. give the award out before the tournament, though. Like they do. I think, they do. Okay. I think had Fair it enough. happened after the SEC tournament, he probably wins it in 2019. But he didn't get it in 2018, and we was looking amazing. You know, 
Mm. Hey, listen, it is what it is, man. We we understand that these are awards given by sports writers. And Auburn was not um, oh, grabbing I, the sports headlines. <laughs> he chooses violence, people. I'm just saying, it is what it is. Sports <laughs> writers have the... <laughs> Are who determine who gets You're these awards annually. Yeah, You're not wrong. And and because Auburn was in the headlines so much because we were grabbing, you know, national recognition, it makes it impossible to overlook Auburn at that point in time. Mm. If we had all of the things that I just said and we don't win the SEC outright, it probably goes to the coach in Arkansas. If, you know, Muscleman probably wins it or, you know, if we tie with Arkansas, right? Because... He comes off the heels of a an Elite Eight appearance last year, and then yeah. he comes back for a share of the SEC. It probably goes to him, right? No matter the fact that Arkansas was picked to be in, like, the top three in the SEC, right? Like, it just, that none of that matters. What matters is the narrative that they can spin around it. And the narrative in this case is too—you you can't ignore the narrative. The narrative is— Multiple weeks, number one in the country, not just in the SEC, and never not number one in the SEC. Never. There was never a point in this SEC season Auburn was not the best team in the league. That's a fact. From the very first game of Pick the to season. Finish fifth. Number- Pick to finish right. fifth. You, you, you can't ignore that. You can try to spin whatever you want to. You can throw every Kim Palm um, decision tree you want to at this algorithm, and it will always end with Auburn had the best record and Coach Pearl deserves a ton of credit for it. Mm. Speaking of cocaine, Kim Palm <laughs> is on a special brand of coke if you look at the Kim Palm rankings, right? Gonzaga right. fans love to quote Kim Palm. San Francisco was a Kim Palm number 24, so they could win it all. Like, what? <laughs> I don't understand. But, you know, he's right. I mean, that's a very good point. At no point in this season was Auburn not the best team in the SEC. Yeah. 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 Full body of work, uh, uh, you know, taking into account. I don't want to hear anything about injuries. Injuries are part of the game. So if your team is constantly getting injured, then your team is not good. Because staying healthy is a part of being the best team. Well, I mean, if especially if it's the same player over and over again, right? right? Like, no disrespect to that young man, but he does have he he's had injury issues the entirety of the season. So it's something that you should have by this point in time figured out how to play around. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Question for you guys: um, How do you feel about it? You, I think, Mike, you may have mentioned it on Sunday, but what are what are your thoughts about the na- national recognition for Walker Kessler? Like, what what is the likelihood? How do you see him finishing with the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? And I can tell by your your expression there, it's <laughs> it's not it's not the most positive. No sunshine, pump of shades today. Yeah, I've been talked off the ledge on this one. Oscar's probably gonna win it. I mean, he won the Player of the Year in the conference. Yeah, it's likely it's 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 a hard sell for me. The guy who won the Player of the Year getting beat out by the Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just feel like what he's done from a blo- block perspective, like that one, and it's not just about stats, man. It's about his effect on the game. You're talking about somebody who drastically alters the course of the game, making guys shoot shots over, around, up to the moon and back, trying to get it to the basket. Yeah. That doesn't go down as a recorded stat. But if I'm sure if we had like a if PFF had a special stat for basketball where they recorded altered shots, 
Walker Kessler would be leading the NCAA in altered shots. Are they leading in blocks? I was about to say he's leading in blocks, so that's not a far stretch of the yeah. imagination. I mean, go that way, so. not he doesn't have to get he doesn't have to block the ball to make a difference in a play. And it's just been crazy watching him play and the amount of times guys have to try to put up circus shots just to get it up around the rim. And driving into the hole is a non-starter for a lot of teams when Walker Kessler's in the game. So all you can do is really try to go at his body and hope he fouls out. Because if you don't get him in foul trouble, it's going to be a rough game on the inside for for you. He does. I mean, he's got those long arms. He's got that reach. So he can keep his body off of you. Every once in a while, they catch him jumping. But he does a great job staying on the ground. And, you know, he's what a great defensive player. I think that, you know, and I know this is a homer take, but like what he has accomplished in my book is more difficult than, you know, uh, Shibwe's rebounding numbers. I think the amount of blocks, I think blocking a shot is harder than a rebounding. And by book. Hear me out. Blocking a shot is harder than rebounding. I mean, I mean, so I mean getting what I'll say to you is it's a lot more difficult to get double-digit blocks in a game than it is to get double-digit rebounds. For sure. And he's done that a lot this season. Yeah. So, you know, the amount of blocks that he has has just been otherworldly. And when you're blocking shots, you know, there's a psychological thing that happens, right? When a guy's blocking shots at the rate that Kessler is, you're driving into the hole and you're already thinking about doing things differently because this guy blocks such a high percentage of the shots sure. come into his face. For sure. Walker Kessler is his own no-fly zone. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just don't, man. Wow. Yeah, the uh, most success I've seen players have in terms of getting the layup is they're driving from the baseline and using the goal to defend themselves from Kessler because he can't cross over and block a shot. Like yeah. that's, that's the most success guys are having. But if you're driving straight down the the lane, no, it's a no go. Yeah. Hey, Lance, our social media guy, Lance, if you're watching, put that on a graphic for tomorrow. Walker Kessler is, is a no fly zone in the paint. He is just, I mean, you come in there and just be on notice. You're not allowed to be in here. <laughs> this is not a space for you, right? He might as well have a sign on his jersey just to stay off the grass. <laughs> like, <laughs> get I just, off my lawn. <laughs> right, stay <laughs> off my lawn, bro. <laughs> right, this guy is is great. And I, he's, I, even in spite, it's crazy, Um. He he all he he has such a profound effect on the game from a defensive standpoint that um we have to split the distinction between our best player and our most important player. Jabari Smith is our best player, hands down. And normally your best player would be your most important player. Yeah. But in this case, not and a lot of, and for it to be a center as well too, man. Think about it. If you were gonna say our best player is some kid like Jabari, but our most important player is probably the next position would be point guard, right? Yeah, the guy handling the ball. But sure. in our case, it's our center. Yeah, yeah. I I just I he he just extra impressive. I mean, what a pickup! What a complete coup this offseason for Bruce yeah. Pearl to go pick this guy. 
out of North Carolina, where somehow he split time with some dude last year. <laughs> yeah. Did they do well last year? <laughs> oh, man. They weren't terrible. I mean, North Carolina's never terrible, but they weren't. Roy like, Williams was on his way out, so. I mean, yeah, he, I just don't understand just, it. Like, how did they let him get away? Yeah. But whatever. Well, yeah, I'm I mean, glad he did. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, definitely uh, kudos to uh, to them for not having the foresight. I think it was just more of, like, Bruce Pearl had a system that works better for Walker Kessler. Like, and and they and it took a couple of games for them to figure out mm-hmm. how to effectively use him. But once they did, it he took off. Man, yeah, like, mm. those first couple of games of the season, I was just like, yo, this Walker Kessler kid, I don't know if he's got it, bro. I remember you were saying that. <laughs> and because uh, he just, I mean, he was moving slowly. Uh, you know, he got dunked on a couple of times in the first couple of games. And right. I was just like, yo, what is what is going on? You're too big and soft. I mean, too big and slow for all this jump, bro. But they started putting him in that pick and roll action. And that changed the complexion of what we could do offensively because. Um, and this is something I might do in one of our film breakdowns, just talking about the evolution of what the basketball, what the offense has become. Um, uh, so I'm I'm gonna try to let me just go ahead and tease this. I'm gonna try to get you guys a film session in um before the first game, because we we will have played one of these teams before, right? So I'm gonna try to do a film breakdown of like what happened in that previous game. If it's Florida, we've got two games, Texas and we've got the one. And just kind of talk about what we did well and things that I see us needing to do more of, do less of in that game. Uh, so I'll try to see if I can get that in. I will be down in Tampa. So if any of you guys are going to be down there for the tourney, um, holla at your boy. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try to get that in um, before the game on Friday. Yeah, Friday is when we play. Um, so we'll see how that works. Anyway, um, but yeah, so when we started the season, it was it was a, a pick and roll with Jabari Smith. They were doing all the pick and roll, the on ball screen action was mostly Jabari Smith, right? They were doing a lot. What is even pick and roll? It's pick and pop mostly. Right. Um, and they switched that and stopped putting Walker Kessler on the low block and had him come out high offensively to set the screen and roll action. And that's when you started seeing a lot of the lives over the top and the offense was just clicking in that place because you had Jabari Smith who could shoot so well as a spot-up shooter, right? Like he didn't have to be in the screen and roll action. He could just hold a corner down and it made you not be able to help off of the weak side. Cause if you helped off the weak side, you're helping off of Jabari and that's just not great. Right. Right. Um, so we've got an opportunity here to be able to revolutionize the offense and get Walker Kessler in a position where he's doing something he's uniquely qualified to do, which is just be big and physical at the point of attack and roll to the basket really well and be just a, a, a huge target rolling down the lane to throw the lives to. Once he was able to do that and he was more active on the offensive end, I think that activated his defense a little bit more. Um, yeah. And man, once the defense got active, and that's why the distinction of him being our most important player is, is 100% true because as people have pointed out watching our games, as you know, commentators have said, even when Auburn's not shooting well, the defense is working. And right. he is the anchor point of that defense. Exactly. You know, we're, we can be aggressive. We got we got beat a lot early in the season, still got beat late in the, later in the season on back cuts, right? Because we're so aggressive in ball denial. When you're mm-hmm. aggressive in ball denial, you're susceptible to the back cut. Well, you can be more aggressive in the ball denial when you've got a guy who's blocking four and a half shots per game, altering right. somewhere 10 to 12 of them, right? I can be super aggressive out top as long as Walker Kessler is still patrolling the back end. 
Um, so it made our defense that much more difficult to just get into sets and get quality shots off. Um, and again, that allowed us to weather the storm of poor shooting performances because it's like, all right, but you ain't you ain't scoring either, so it doesn't matter. So um, definitely a very clear distinction. Best player on the team, Jabari Smith. Most important player because of defense mostly is definitely Walker Kessler. For sure, for sure, for sure. I definitely agree with that. And the fact that if you want to sag off of him, and not play him on the perimeter, he'll make you pay there too. So he, yeah, he's he, been he's, doing that much better. This he's more willing to shoot it. You know, um, it's just again, man. There there are some good things offensively to look at in this team and say. I think we've turned the corner on a couple of things. It's only two games to look at and say that, but however, you get it on the neutral site, I think it's going to change a lot of that. So we'll see. Agree, agree. Mm. Let's get into some of these uh, these comments. Shout out to those of you who are watching live with us, as well as those who are commenting. Of course, we can't get to them all, but we'll try to do our best. Stuart Donald says, today is one year since I adopted my pooch. Lukenbach, hey. Texas Donald. Luke, for short, helps save those puppies, y'all. Hey, Stuart, Luke. appreciate you, man. Appreciate you for the super chat. Thanks for watching with us. Stuart, did you just buy a... He just bought a Tesla or something recently. Or maybe it was a Volt. Yeah, he bought something electric. He was like, man, these gas prices, woo, going electric. I saw that the other day. I was like, all right, I don't blame you, brother. Yeah, yeah Mike G looking at going electric, isn't he? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, Ike, Ike is doing it, too. Yeah. <laughs> Sign up. Speaking of going electric, hey, listen, become a patron. Five ninety dollars a month. <laughs> Help the war poor <laughs> go electric. <laughs> these gas prices. Hilarious. Are, Hilarious. All right. Warbird, pleasure meeting you. Warbird and I are actually co-workers. Ah. Yeah. Um, ah, okay. We actually actually was speaking. He recognized my voice, came back to my work area, was like. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny to see. Okay. So uh, pleasure meeting you, War Eagle to you, sir. Great conversation with you. Uh, of course. Ben Blood wants to know. Bloodworth wants to know. I sign on and instantly hear <laughs> speaking of cocaine. Uh, gotta get your money's worth when you t- when you tune into the war for <laughs> So I cover all our bases. <laughs> Jazzy. Yeah. Hey. Where you go, my guy? War, war Eagle. Eagle. I want to guess where you are, Jazzy. Yeah, we need the parameters for the Jazzy Challenge. The game is on Friday. We need the perimeters for the Jazzy Challenge. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we Jazzy also too. says, I need an electric. <laughs> I saw that. He posted that on Twitter. Ooh. And I was like, I thought I, I, I thought he said he was going to get a horse or something, but like uh yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I was like, ooh, was, that was that was like Jazzy, what was that? Like 200 gallons or something that thing takes? Crazy. Wow. Mm-hmm. My whole gas price surging gas prices don't end the Jazzy Challenge. My God. I'm telling you. Goodness gracious. Praying for you, brother. Stay strong out there. Yeah, these gas prices are going to turn the 99 cent store into the $5 store. Quick. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing here will be 99 cents.